Hey there, listeners. This is Ryan, and you're listening to the PageMaster Book Review Podcast, the podcast where we break down the latest and greatest novels climbing up the bestseller charts. So if you're considering picking up a bestseller, or if you want to get back into reading in general, come on in, pour yourself some coffee, and make yourself at home as we dive into your next great read. Welcome back, listeners. I don't know if you're excited as I am about the 2020 elections, but it has been a wonderful morning and it's going to be even better because I have one of my favorite bookstagrammers to follow. She is a ball of sunshine and her smile is infectious and she makes me so happy with every new post. Please welcome Jimena. Hello. Thank you. You're so sweet. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It has been uh, quite some time. I've been wanting to have you on for uh, on the show for a while, but I was waiting for a book that we've both read recently. Um, that way, you know, it's still fresh. And uh, before we get into our read, uh, go ahead and tell our listeners um, where you're from, what you do, and what you typically gravitate towards in your book selections. Yes, awesome. So, um... Jimena, I'm from Mexico. Um, I'm a biologist and I've been a bookworm all my life. So I always have a book next to me. It's weird when I don't. And honestly, I I read pretty much everything. The only thing I don't read is nonfiction. But besides that, I think I'm down for anything. Believe me, I'm I'm not uh, I'm not hard to please, let's say. Let's just like that. <laughs> What has been like a book that has personally like changed the way you view either yourself or the world of literature? Um, well, there, there's one book that I still think about and it's 13 Reasons Why. I, mean, yeah. I, read, it, I read it, let's say like seven years ago and I still think about that book because it's powerful and it makes you think about everything you do to other people and that's that's a, pow- a powerful book and i really enjoyed it uh, but besides that i think i'm down for a good classic so for me pride and prejudice it, it will be like my always go-to book see that is one that is still okay i have a very long list of classics to read but with everything new that's coming out, it just keeps on getting lower and lower on the to-be-read list. But one day we will get there. Yeah, However, that's a, that's a never-ending thing. I mean, you are never going to finish your TBR. That's, like, impossible. I mean, when <laughs> you try the hardest, you are never going to get it done. <laughs> the second you get a quarter of the way in, ten new books you want to read just drop. But yes, speaking of new crazy. books... Speaking of new books, we have our selection today. It is The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo by Taylor Jenkins Reid. And a little bit about the author first. Taylor Jenkins Reid lives in Los Angeles and is the acclaimed author of One True Loves, Maybe in Another Life, After I Do and Forever, Interrupted, 
Her novels have been named Best Books of, of Summer by People, Cosmopolitan, Glamour, InStyle, PopSugar, BuzzFeed, Goodreads, and others. And now for our synopsis. Reclusive Hollywood icon Evelyn Hugo is finally ready to tell the truth about her glamorous and scandalous life. But when she chooses unknown magazine reporter Monique Grant to write her story, no one is more astounded than Miss Monique herself. Determined to use this opportunity to jumpstart her career, Monique listens in fascination, from making her way to Los Angeles in the 1950s, to leaving show business in the 80s, and of course, the seven husbands along the way. Evelyn unspools a tale of ruthless ambition, unexpected friendship, and a great forbidden love. But as Evelyn's story nears its conclusion, it becomes clear that her life intersects with Monique's own in tragic and irreversible ways. Now, something I loved about this book was through the 385 pages and 69 chapters, I love the transition between news article to memoir coming from Evelyn and then um, from Monique's viewpoint. But um, prior to picking up the novel, uh, before reading it, uh, did you have any preconceptions or notions um, about it? Honestly, the only thing I knew about it is that everyone in Bookstagram was talking about it. And that's why maybe it took me a while to read it because I was like, everyone's talking about it and I'm not one like to follow like that direction I like to read my own thing and I was like well maybe I don't know if I'm going to <laughs> or not so I mean I got to it because I went to like a local bookshop and I saw it and I'm like okay I'm finally going to read it I got it and a week after that I just couldn't put it down I mean it, it was. I know. My it's, it's um <laughs> I I actually got this as a gift from uh so a fellow bookstagrammer, uh Moby.fic, uh Robbie. One of our one of our friends. We love you, Robbie. We, we love miss him. you. Um <laughs> he organized a book exchange and this was the one that my uh, my person selected for me who's also in book club uh katie she just joined us um she is um, pages and playlists yes uh so yeah, she she excellently chose this she read literally read me like a book and gave me everything in a book i'm looking for um but uh i kind of pictured a very elizabeth taylor marilyn monroe kind of blended story and i was not disappointed but kicking into the questions each husband's section opens with an illustrative moniker for example poor ernie diaz goddamn don adler agreeable robert jameson what do you think the meaning and significance of some of those descriptions are no, you caught me off guarding there. Um, honestly, <laughs> I didn't think that through. Sorry about that. But oh, we, we, we can take them. You know, we can take them one at a time. So yeah, yeah the first husband was poor Ernie Diaz when yes. she was fourteen, I believe, when she married him. Yes, I know. And maybe I mean, she only married him to get out of 
like her situation. And I don't know, it was it's difficult. I mean, all of her husband had something to do with getting out of something of, of trouble or something like that. But I feel like this first was, uh, let's say, she saw an opportunity and she took it. That's, I mean, that's, yeah, mm-hmm. basically. I think it was in reference, you know, like she's calling him poor Ernie Diaz, both in the sense that I think he was like a carpenter of some sort. Yeah. And, you know, they, I don't know how much money they make, but I mean, you're not going to be living in a penthouse loft, you know. So I think it's both a reference to his socioeconomic status as well as the fact that, uh, you know, yeah, you're right. You know, she did see the opportunity and took advantage. Yes. But at the same time, like when you like look at like when you look at the lens through today's scope of like you know consent and who really has the power between you know an adult and pretty much you know she was a child at the time, so I mean yeah I don't know that's a whole other thing in itself. But um, you know she, poor as in you know she was a lot smarter than than he was. Yes, yeah, I don't think it's. About the economic situation, I feel like it's because um, that she only took advantage of him, an advantage in the way that he helped her get to Hollywood. I mean, he gave her what she needed to get to actual Hollywood, to return to California, to start mm-hmm. her dream. So maybe that's why it's poor. Yeah, <laughs> not because he doesn't have any money, but just because I mean, yeah. He, he fell for the lie. Well, here's here's an interesting um, thing. Um, when you were reading each about each husband, did those characterizations of the monikers? Did you feel that they were coming from Evelyn, Monique, or like an omniscient narr- uh, narrator? Uh, I feel like it was it was a mix between Evelyn and Monique. Um, because, I don't know, I mean, the way the conversation between the characters are portrayed, I was like, yes, this could be Emmeline's and the other part, uh, Monique's. So maybe a mix between those two. I mean, and then, oh, yeah, continue, sorry. No, yeah. Alright, uh, see, I I was pretty sure it was uh, Evelyn the, the whole way through. I mean, maybe uh, maybe one of them. I think it was um, the last husband that um, Monique may have had a, a hand in choosing. Um, but no, yeah, it's... I, I love... I just love just how back and forth the transitions were. Um of the seven husbands, who is your favorite and why? Uh, I mean, it has to be Harry. I I, I love him. <laughs> I mean, because it gave her, gave her the freedom she needed. And I don't know. He was sweet and he loved her truly. And yeah, I mean, he was great. I mean, even though it was a lie. <laughs> Sorry if everyone, anyone listening to this hasn't read the book. Yes, but, 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 but spoiler alert from this point yeah, on. Don't listen to if you, uh, you want to find the secrets out yourself. Do not listen anymore. Yes, uh, I know. 
because there were a lot like i just like every few pages bam bam you know like, there was tea, yes so yeah harry's my favorite i mean i can't not like anyone best than i did harry he's the best i am i just okay emotionally yes i i completely agree because i completely empathize with both of their situations um you know using each other as beards but at the same time still having that a different kind of true love you know it's i'm not gonna say it's it's unrequited love but it's just the love that you know i that you don't have to apologize for or you just completely understand one another yeah totally and maybe he's my favorite because i have like let's say a close to home uh relationship with that i mean he just resonated with me and my best friend and i was like yes i mean i could totally <laughs> do that i mean i could totally marry a, a gay friend just to like Because, yeah, I mean, like, I guess, like, in a way, there's there's both no expectations, but at the same time, I, I, I feel like maybe because the sex is, like, removed out of the equation, that relieves, like, so much uh, so much anxiety and pressure and yeah it just like it just removes a lot and cuts down the relationship a lot more simple a lot more uh simply um i think okay i'm at a toss between don Really? <laughs> well, okay. No, I mean, I, he was—he was an awful character, but that's yes. why I love him because you get to hate somebody in the book. You're just like, you are despicable, you know? Yes. <laughs> and then with Robert, um, the last husband, I feel like, yeah, I feel like there had to be a certain amount of love and respect there to like know. Not all, but you know, a majority of what she's been through. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, but I do believe that was uh, Celia's brother. Yes, he was Celia's brother. So yeah, so I'm presuming at some point, you know, he he got more or less, you know, the whole story, you know, from either Evelyn or Celia. So I mean, to know everything that you know that she's been through like that, and you know, agree. To, yes, to to marry her. <laughs> yeah, that's. I think that says something. Um, Monique notes that hearing Evelyn Hugo's life story has inspired her to carry herself differently than she would have before. In what ways does Monique grow over the course of the novel? And do you think that Evelyn changes by the end of the time with Monique? And if so, what spurs their evolutions? Yeah. Well, I think uh, 
unique growth. It has to be with the relationship with her husband, who's ex-husband now, and how she was like at the beginning, uh, let's say, confused about what was going on and living a life by herself. And he just simply moving to San Francisco just because he had a job. And then after spending time with Evelyn. Um, she realized that okay I don't need my husband just because I have to have a husband I mean I, I feel like she became aware of her own power and the things mm -hmm. that she could accomplish by herself not because she had someone else by her side Uh, but just because she wanted to and she knew she was capable and maybe that was what she needed Evelyn to say that to her because she's such a powerful character I mean she's just and I feel like at the beginning she was a little bit like a pushover not yeah. yet. like I'm gonna take over the world I don't care what you say I don't need a husband I don't need anyone I'm just going to do it by myself so I love I love that that message of female empowerment right there just don't let anyone hold you down um yes totally and evelyn i mean i don't know i just evelyn is a complex character as well i mean you either love her or hate her or both at the same time and yeah even even monique said that there's like no in between with what how you feel about her yes at some points you're like yes girl you do that but at some points you're like are you kidding me <laughs> did you really just do that so i just don't know i mean i feel like she's let's say a little bit over herself at some points and i just she was She had a decision from the beginning and she knew what she was going to do and she made it happen. I mean, I don't believe that Monique had anything to do with how everything ended because let's say she's a stubborn person and she just knew what she was going to do after talking with Monique and she did. And I feel like nothing that Monique could do could change that. Mm -hmm. I okay so like my thing is that Evelyn I felt she wanted some form of resolution or absolution she accepted that it might never have come but it's one of those things where it's like you know you at least have to try before you make peace with yourself and yeah I think you're right that you know regardless of Monique's reaction she was going to do what she was going to do it's just yeah. a matter of whether or not her conscience would be cleared yeah i feel like that's like that's the key i mean she has she lied her whole life and she just wanted a place where she could like tell the truth and be in peace with her before the end of the book i don't know if we can no, no, we, <laughs> well we, we 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 can keep that we can keep i mean i'm sure certain people can figure it out but you know we won't say it you know but um so on on page 146 monique says i have to evelyn hugo evelyn hugo what does it mean to evelyn hugo and can you think of a time when you might be tempted to evelyn hugo 
I don't want to say manipulate everyone, but just like use your charm to get what you want. There <laughs> you that's go. What, that's what Evelyn did. I mean, at the beginning of the book, we're like, yes, my sexuality is what got me here. But I don't think it was just that. I feel like it, it was her charm and how she knew how to treat people and how to get what she wanted from people. And that's what Evelyn Hugo is. I, I mean, that's the concept. So she had to like use, yeah, her charm to get something out of her. And that's, I mean, like something that maybe it's easiest for some people than the other, than other. But I mean, I don't think there's a point that I will be like, yes, I'm going Evelyn Hugo this. <laughs> I don't think, I'm, yeah, I'm that bold to do that. <laughs> See, I think it's, yeah, I, I agree that it's not necessarily manipulation because with manipulation, I think of like a, a um, an insidious intent. Like yeah. you're purposely trying to like, you know, I'm not going to say harm somebody, but that's like the first thing that comes to mind. But yeah, it's about using your charm, knowing how to appeal to a person, you know, like um, appealing to, you know, either their intelligence or appealing to their sympathy. You know, it's, and I, I think as an actress, you know, it, that's why it came so naturally to her because. Yeah. Yeah. when you're like when you because I, I was i also studied acting in college and when you get a role the first thing you have to do is like break down the character and analyze who they are why they are mm-hmm. and what they do and then after that you you get to see the world through their eyes and so as an actress that's i feel like it yeah, that uh, she looked at everyone as a potential role, if that makes sense. Yes. And maybe like the best example of that, of like Evelyn Hugo or something, I think it's how she got with uh, Mick River. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, he was like, I'm just gonna make him to marry me just because. I need to cover something up and <laughs> that's gonna work. And I'm gonna use what I got and I'm gonna use my charm to get into his head to marry me. So and she did. And I mean like that's the best example of Evelyn Hugo or something. <laughs> she had a talent. Yes. Uh, did you trust Evelyn to be a reliable narrator as you were reading? Uh, at the beginning I didn't. But as the story like developed and we start like to see like the dark side of the story i was like yes i mean she's honestly saying everything she wants to do to say and she's telling the truth i mean we know how it ends and we know that no matter what she said she's going to get away with it and her being this let's say this character this a person that everyone adores. I mean, you can say anything about her and everyone will be like, yeah, but she was Evelyn Hugo. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I don't care what she did. She was, I mean, she was it. 
See, for me, I, I felt that it didn't matter whether or not she was reliable, only because all the other husband, all the husbands, they're all dead. So there's nobody to confirm or deny. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, all the husbands, all the friends, all the family, like, you can't, like, go to someone and be like, is this true? <laughs> so, I mean, you have no other choice but to believe her. But I mean, personally, did I believe her though? Like, I when she got into yeah when she got into the darker stuff when um, Dawn first hits her, I'm like, okay, because I mean that's it'd be one thing to like. It's it's weird though because you also have to consider the uh, the difference in um, the eras of time that they're in. Like yes. back then, I feel as if though domestic violence especially between married people was rarely talked about i can almost guarantee back then if she went to the police they would have been like well what did you say to provoke him you know like uh but yeah what role do the news tabloid and blog articles interspersed throughout the book serve in the narrative and what if anything do we learn about evelyn's relationship to the outside world from them i think uh the news thingy it's a way for us to realize how well she did everything because everything turned out as she wanted to do as she wanted to i mean she knew how to do it (laughs) she knew how to get what she wanted and she knew how to portray it for everyone else to believe what was in the news and I mean she did a marvelous job doing that because we the thing is we we see a side of Evelyn that is different when she's talking to Monique and we see a completely different side in the news so it's like she she was playing a character the whole time and yeah I mean, it's just to have a different perspective. I mean, this is how people see me in the Hollywood world, but this is who I really am. It, it's totally reminding me of, oh, which husband was it? Was it um, was it Mick or was it Max? Oh, yeah, I think it was Max when she basically said, um, or one of them said to the other that, you know, you don't love me, you love the idea of loving me like yeah it was um, yeah there we go that's 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 what i was thinking of um no yeah it's it's both crazy and brilliant that you know she was able to do that i mean it i mean i know watching certain documentaries about certain celebrities you know they always talk about how damaging the press uh and news can be and some of them you know they do have like they just have that talent to be able to you know like taylor swift for example you know um she's had her i mean okay i love her music but okay there was a whole thing when i think it was like right before reputation dropped somebody uh oh that's right she finally was using her instagram to you know advocate for people you know to vote you know, more progressively and some people were complaining saying that it was quote unquote white feminism in the sense that you know 
her brand of feminism wasn't as all inclusive because you know she wasn't putting that forward. You know, she wasn't saying let's include these people in our movement. But anyways, um, <laughs> uh, I, 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 I'm, I'm getting back to my point. Yeah, um, yeah. Think of like you know how many relationships she's gone through and how, the way she's able to spin the narrative and even when you know the whole Kanye thing happened you know when uh, when uh Kim you know called her a snake what does yes. she do she rebrands herself as a snake and then yes. and now everyone takes like, okay. every every stone that was thrown to her and she's like okay here it is I'm gonna build my castle from all the rocks you <laughs> threw at me <laughs> so I mean that's that's just so brilliant I love that <laughs> um, at several points in the novel such as pages 81 82 and then 171 to 181 Evelyn tells her story through second person you how does this kind of narration affect the reading experience and why do you think she chooses these memories to recount in this way um, I so the, I'll, I'll flip back to 81 and 82 for us yeah. That's a bit. Hold up, see where is that? Okay, a man hits you once and apologizes, and you think it will never happen again. Oh yes. But then you tell him you're not sure you ever want a family, and he hits you once more. Yeah, this is um, Don's uh, yes. Don's part. The thing is, changing to that uh, narrative, it makes you feel closer to her, and I feel like. Um, reading this book let's say this year after everything that we've been through it makes it to be like yeah i i get what you're going through and i understand your suffering and i understand why you did that so it's just to like this could happen to you too and i'm glad it's not happening if it isn't happening and if it is happening just stand up and do something like that's the point of that narrative and I really enjoyed it because it makes it feel close to home it makes it feel like direct to something that it's an actual problem and it's something that no one really talks about let's say let's say like that and maybe because of the era that she was seeing and the time and everything it was a hard topic to talk about but now it's like we don't have anything like to stop that anymore and we need to do something so it was just like understand that this happened to me and that 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 could happen to you too and maybe it was because i'm female and that's something that i mean i'm it could happen to me anytime so it was like yes i understand the suffering and those were the points that you got closer to emily that you felt like she was a real person, not just this Hollywood image that she was portrayed by in the news. I agree. I felt it. I, I felt it was a way for her to be vulnerable. Like yeah, it's it, it. It kind of um, it's kind of dissociates you from yourself. If that makes sense, it's like taking yourself out of your own body. And being able to share. It's like, you know, when, you know, sometimes when, um, you know, you want to talk about something with somebody, but you don't want to be direct. So you say, I have a friend who has this problem. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, and uh, that's what it did. I mean, because it put you on Evelyn's shoes. And it was like, yes, okay, that's something that's not okay for her to happen to her. And it makes you like feel, I don't know, sad. And yeah, it, it it's emotional. And I really enjoy that because as I tell you, it shows that she was a person, not just a character. Um, how do you think Evelyn's understanding and awareness of sexuality were shaped by her relationship with Billy? The boy who worked at the Five and Dime store. Oh, that's a good question. I, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I, um, I, um, I don't know. Yeah, I'm, I'm lost of words. <laughs> um, I don't, I don't know how to put that into words. Oh, we we can go on, on to a, um, a different. A different part. Um, yeah. As she grows older, to what extent is Evelyn's attitude towards sex influenced by those around her? Um, well, the thing is, as she grew old, I mean, she knew she was experiencing different things, and she knew what she wanted. And at some point, it just—it was just another tool for her to use to get what she wanted, um, because she knew. Uh, who she wanted to have sex with and who didn't and that was something that she was like okay I'm just gonna have sex with him just because because I'm in love with someone else and I, it's never going to be the same but and then we have the point that she starts falling in love again so from the beginning of the book she was using her sexuality to get what she wanted but at the end it was just I don't know I mean it it was something let's say like it was a second picture thing it was a second character thing mm-hmm. it wasn't about sex anymore it was it was about how she felt when she was with someone not just have sex to have sex and it wasn't let's say something that she gave a second thought to she was just like okay fine let's do this i don't care anymore because i don't <laughs> love you like i love her <laughs> see I, i i i kind of agree to a point uh, when when we first start the novel she definitely understands that sex is a tool yes. that can be shaped into a weapon to get what you want if the person if the person you need something from is shall we say obtuse or standoffish and then i feel like in a way she she kind of reflects you know my personal journey with you know with sex like at first like when you first discover it You know, <laughs> yeah, that's sometimes is all you this, can think. Is about. this thing and, that is like, oh my god? <laughs> yes, you know, you're overwhelmed by all of your senses, and then at a certain point, if you're not careful, you know, and you get excessive, you start to, in a way, lose how you value yourself, and then slowly you start to understand that you know with the right person and the right relationship it is a way to express your love 
and then I think that Evelyn, you know, just just depending who she was with, kind of yeah, definitely shaped, you know, which area she was in because she went through all three of those, um, all three of those motions. Yes. Um, but yeah, I I think it was a very reflect very reflective of of reality. Um, on page fifty three, Evelyn uses a saying, "All's well that ends well," as part of her explanation for not regretting her actions. <laughs> Do you think she truly believes this? Yes, <laughs> because yeah, I mean, it's something that is constant in the book. I mean. And let's say from husband three to the last one, it was just, yeah, I mean, it was something that was so into her and that was inside of her. And it was part of her character that she didn't care at some point until she did at the last bit of the book. And the thing is, she was so focused on being successful and famous and having this wonderful life that she, at the beginning, she didn't care what she had to do to get to it. Now, here's a caveat to that question. How do you think this idea relates to the similar but more negatively associated phrase, the ends justify the means? Hmm. That's a good yeah <laughs> I I don't know because I mean she she at some point she was successful and everything but she kept doing the same thing and it was like she didn't know another way to do it you know um, she knew like she could use her sexuality and she can use sex and she can she can not take manipulate but she knew how to charm people yeah to charm everyone that it was let's say it became a second nature nature to her and it was something that she never really could step away from i kind of took it as um so all is well that ends well that's kind of like um if it happens it happens and with the ends justify the means. I feel like that's more like that would have been more appropriate if she like again more maliciously went after something. Like that's mm-hmm. like purposefully. Whereas, you know, also that ends well, you know, she she's not complaining with the end result, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um Evelyn offers some firm words of wisdom throughout her recounting of her life, such as be wary of men with something to prove. Mm-hmm. Never let anyone make you feel ordinary, and it is okay to grovel for something you really want. What is your favorite piece of advice from Evelyn, and were there any assertions that you strongly disagreed with? I mean, I love that don't let anyone make you feel ordinary. I mean, that's just, yeah, I love that one because, I mean, yeah. <laughs> Let's say that she was talking about a relationship or something like that. I mean, you, yeah, you have to feel special. And it's like a way, a mindset, let's put it that way. I just love that because if you're trying to go through life, which is sometimes very hard to do, uh, feeling a little bit special can take you places. 
So when you find with someone, when you like face are faced with someone that just takes that uh, special feeling that you have for yourself, it's awful, and it's something that you need to step away from. And I I, I really love that one, but at the same time I'm like, it 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 can be applied to different points, but not to everything. But the thing I didn't like about her. Let's put it away. It's again, it's the sexuality thing. I mean, it it was, let's say, it wasn't empowering at some point. And it felt like a little bit cliche that she got to where she was just because she, her sexuality and she was beautiful and that's just like okay, a, a little bit. We yeah, like we've heard this, we've seen this. I, well, at the same time, I kind of think like that was kind of like um, the author's point, though. I think she was like trying to like, um, how, how can I say this? She was trying to send a message that like I, I think she was like trying to point out like she was she was trying to point that out like yes, uh, make a statement about it. Um, but as for those quotes from Evelyn, ah, uh, see, okay, I'm torn because on one hand, the optimist in me wants to agree and say that, you know, never let anyone make you feel ordinary yeah. is the favorite, but the pessimist in me wants to say, be wary of men with something to prove. Yeah. Um, yeah, cause I, I agree that, you know, like the first quote about ordinary yeah you definitely like you become more successful when you manifest those things in your life like it's i mean i'm not saying you know be happy 24 7 and you will be it's kind of like a mantra or like a fake it till you make it that like you have to make that effort to choose to be extraordinary to be happy and Maybe it won't happen for, you know, the first 364 days of the year, but, you know, <laughs> you, know it's like you never know how close you are. But you the thing is, if, you, if, you, if you're feeling that way, you feel so powerful and you feel like you can take over the world. Exactly. And you can't, you can't let anyone just take that away from you. Um, several times, Evelyn mentions having cosmetic surgery. What was your reaction to that? Uh, well, I feel like that was expected. <laughs> I but, mean, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, continuing though, um, how do those decisions jibe with the value system and ethical code that she seems to live by? And why do you think Evelyn continues to dye her hair at the end of her life? Um, the thing is, because she was the hair thing. It was the thing that she was known for. I mean, everyone knew she had a blonde hair. And it's something, that, I mean, once you start dyeing your hair, it's very hard to let go. I can say it from, from my personal <laughs> experience. I mean, I dyed my hair blonde and I can't stop doing it. And I know I'm not I'm not going to stop it till like, like I have gray hairs that I can grow up. So that's something that it was, okay. I understand that she kept dyeing her hair just because it's something that you can't step away from, and especially if you're if you've been doing it your whole life. But at the same time, 
uh, she was still trying to be this perfect image, to be this perfect person, and to be just like she was when she won, let's say, her Oscar. Or when she filmed her first film, so it's just like this. I don't want to grow old thing. I don't want to、uh, see myself in the mirror and be like, "Oh my God, who's this person who's very old?" It's something that I feel like everyone is faced with, and it's something that everyone has to deal with. And especially her, she was like this. Character, and she wanted to keep playing that part. I, I I can I can agree right there. Where I think it, at first it definitely started as you know she understands that unfortunately you know her value stems from her beauty,、yes. and to keep her value relatively at the same level. You know, she has to upkeep herself, but I think you know, as as time goes by, like I, especially after husband number five, <laughs> after he was gone, I think she I, she did it more for herself. Yes. Um, because you know it's you know sometimes you know I like to you know dress up even though I'm going absolutely nowhere. <laughs> you know. Yeah. You know. I mean, as as we said that like. If the thing like making you feel ordinary, if it makes you feel special to dress up, and if it makes you feel okay with yourself to dye your hair blonde or whichever color you choose, just do it. And also, I the thing she kept doing that because she realized at some point that she wasn't going to get roles that were from young characters. I mean, she started getting like this mom characters or characters that were older. Yeah, and as she was realizing that, it was like, oh my gosh, I'm getting old, and if I want to keep doing my job, I need to like keep looking good. Yeah, you don't, don't necessarily have to look young, but you do have to look beautiful. Yes, and because it's I'm sorry, I'm sorry,、pressure. go ahead. Yeah, it's a big pressure to keep doing that, especially when you get to a certain age, that it shows that. Everything you do, anything that you do, let's say in your face, it shows. So it was more like that conflict that I want to be myself, but at the same time, people values me because I'm pretty and I'm beautiful, and I want to keep doing this as a living. So I have to be beautiful for them. I think also at a certain point, though, with the maintenance and upkeep that a person does, you know, applying their makeup and. Foundation and whatnot. I think at a certain point, like it becomes second nature, and like it, it almost becomes like you don't think about what you're doing. Like you just like do it because that's part of your routine, and so like it doesn't seem as it doesn't seem as daunting or taxing as it would to somebody who first starts.、Um, reviewing the scenes on pages one ninety eight. And 345, in which Evelyn relays memories of conversing in Spanish after years without speaking it. What is the role that language plays in her understanding of who she is, and in what ways does her relationship to her Cuban identity parallel her experiences with her sexuality? The thing is, there was I I loved that part because she realized that it was. 
something that is her was missing and that's something that uh, her personality or who she is she had to hit like to actually become successful and her returning to that language I feel like it gave her a little bit more conscious of who she actually is and the power that she can have by doing that because I feel like after I, I correct me if I'm wrong after she started speaking Spanish again she had her kid or it was before um I think it was after she was, she had yeah I mean because she started uh let's say I mean it was I mean I can't picture my life without Spanish I mean it's a language that I love and a language that gives me a lot more tools to express myself than, en than English so having that part erased it will like it would take away a huge part of me and I feel like it it grounded her in a way I mean it took her back to earth and and it was something that she must have should have done before but I mean Hollywood those eight years it was hard thing to be on and maybe it wasn't it wasn't going to be that ex uh, she wasn't going to be accepted if she starts speaking Spanish which is something that's very sad uh, but I just I just felt like it bring it brought her back to earth and to herself and to understand who she really is I agree right there where it does bring her back to who she really is and in the first uh, first part of the novel when um, I think it was Maria their their housemaid when she was married to I think it was Don it might, it might have been another husband but uh, <laughs> <laughs> sad you know but anyways you know like when um, she understood what the maid was saying and then she spoke back to her at it and then she you know she realized that you know she, she realizes that yes she does have a character and in a way you know she's kind of living a lie yes. and you know she has to keep it up otherwise you know their roles could have been reversed it could have been her cleaning that house because they yes, mean totally. with she feels as though without her sexuality and her beauty you know she really doesn't have she feels that she doesn't have that much to offer and you know what do you do when you know you don't have marketable job skills and especially at that time yeah. you know when when it was quote-unquote tradition for a woman you know just to find a guy who's graduated college marry him have the 2.5 kids you know back then a working woman you know so unheard of you know um, yeah and then we put that when she's a latino woman and you're like oh my gosh she even changed her name to leave that part behind and i was like no girl embrace it <laughs> I, I but at the same time though i mean ah uh, i guess it'd be different you know if if she was you know coming up today you know versus back then i mean i can't think of a of a single non-white actress back then who really made it to that level i mean at least here in america i mean yes. i'm not sure about about you know mexico but um and then going forward into the novel 
yeah, I also agree that, yeah, it, it does bring her back to her roots yes. and reminds her, you know, she doesn't have to be Evelyn Hugo all the, all time. the time. Yeah, I mean, she realizes that she's been playing a part without her realizing. And yeah, it, it's like there's a part of you that is on the news and there's a personal part that you can have for yourself. And I feel like that what she realized when she starts speaking Spanish again yeah I mean I love that part because I was I was waiting for her to start speaking Spanish like girl you're Latina come on take pride (laughs) in your roots yeah I love that I, I love that part and yeah it just the thing is yeah it brought her back to life brought her back to who she is now this reminds me of a song um diddy's coming home and there's a lyric in there where he says it's easier to be puff than it is to be sean so my unexpected question is do you think it was easier for her to be evelyn hugo or herself the thing is, I think it was easier for her to be a Hugo um, because we know the beginning of her life was very hard. It was uh, it was a difficult and it was a difficult way to start the life. And there was a point that she just wanted to forget about everything and be successful. So let's say she was faking it and she made it, and it was easier to keep. Evelyn Hugo up and hide that part of herself that maybe brought a lot of pain and but at the same point it was like she was pretending to be someone else that she wasn't so I believe it was easier to be Evelyn Hugo than her her actual self because she also doesn't have to deal with her own personal problems you know So, um, my last question to wrap things up, but it's kind of a loaded one. Um, if you could meet and interview one celebrity at the end of their life, who would it be and what would you ask them? Oh my god! Oh my god, there's so many I would like to interview. This is not fair, but I mean, let's narrow it down. Would it be a celebrity like okay? Um Let's, I mean, because let's, the options um, are endless. <laughs> okay, let, let's, let, let's, let's narrow it down to... Well, actually, okay, well, well I guess that uh, I have to ask a first question. Um, are you... What has a bigger pull to your heart right now? Either movies, music, or books? The thing is, it's always music for me. I mean, the thing about books... I read the books, but I don't really care about the authors. <laughs> no. I don't know if that's okay or not. I mean, I don't dig into their personal lives or anything. Mm-hmm. And with actors, I mean, they're always on the media. So I feel like music is been, it's something that has always been close to my heart. So I feel like for me, it will be... A musician. <laughs> okay, so yeah, let's 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 go with that then. Um, and if you were interviewing one musician at the end of their life, 
Yeah, I mean, the 13-year-old me will start screaming, oh my gosh, please be a Jones brother. <laughs> <laughs> Because, oh my gosh, I love them. But you know what? I think it will be either Ed Sheeran or Louis Capaldi at this moment because they're such complex characters that I just love. And they don't care about what people say and I just love them for that. <laughs> But what would you uh, what would you ask them if, if you had, let's say, three questions you could ask them? What would you ask? That's I mean, uh, wow! I feel like um, let's let's put uh, Ed Sheeran because I feel like there's a lot more uh, questions about him because he keeps his life, his personal life, personal. So it would be like, why did you separate those bits of yourself? And what was like the most important experience for you to write about? Because I mean, we have a children who takes like this big uh, breaks where he disappears from the face of earth. And yeah. no one knows anything about him until like one or two months before he releases a new album. So it's like everything is a question mark about him. So it will be like, why do you do that? I mean, why do you want, why do you keep step away from the public life to have like that personal life? I mean, it's not saying that it's wrong, but it's something that is so unusual to do. Well, I mean, <laughs> not to speak for him, but like just from what I watch from like other other artists' interviews, is that like uh, some artists like you know they'll they'll do it because you know just to step out of the spotlight. Yeah. Some do it because they need to live before they can write about something. Yeah. You know, like like uh, Adele, for example. The reason uh, the reason why she said she took the break between. 21 and 25 was because you know she actually wanted to live her life and be in love with the person that she was with yeah. and then after you know she lived a little she can finally write about it yeah. um so i, I guess I, i would i would i would presume you know that's, that's probably why but you have uh one more question you can ask him yeah i mean wow how how would you like your life to be portrayed I mean because if we're talking about having an, uh, a biography of them it will like okay would you like to do that would you like to confess everything to a single person to write <laughs> it will be amazing and can I do it <laughs> I mean yeah because he's I mean I, I find him so mysterious and I just I'm so intrigued about his mind you know because i mean he disappears and then he he's back for a year or two and like okay here's my new music who honestly every time he releases something he makes me cry because it's just so beautiful yeah and I'm like, why do you make so such beautiful music <laughs> <laughs> oh. yeah, you know, it, will, it will be bad for me i think like those celebrities that step away from the public life it's something that you're like why i mean i want to know more about you but i can't why and i understand in a way but at the same time it's like no i want to know everything about you what do you do why do you make it so hard tell me everything now yes i'm like yes please i need to know what's going on in your head <laughs> 
Uh, well, if if the biography or a documentary comes out about him, I'll send it to you directly. Oh my god! Uh, please, because but, yeah, there's so many questions in my head. <laughs> but yeah, I just yeah, he's let's say he's he's a great singer, and yeah, I just love him. Yeah, period. And that is a great place to wrap things up. Yeah. Um, this has been amazing and fun. I have just loved this novel, and finally, I've I love having somebody to chat about it with. Yeah. Uh, there's just so much more we can go into, but um, for now, we will have to wrap it up. Uh, but before we do, where can listeners uh, follow you at? Yeah. So at my bookstagram, which is at Hima Reads, X-I-M-E Reads, <laughs> just in case you don't know how to spell Hime. And yeah, I'm on Instagram, basically, Bookstagram, trying my best to keep up with my readings. And actually, let's say like Evelyn Hugo uh, helped me to get out of a reading slump because this book was everything I needed to get back to reading. Because Amen. The, novel, the novel is everything you need to read i mean you, if you haven't read it go and read it right now i mean forget about won't. all the spoilers we did <laughs> we, we yeah it's a great novel and you have to read it i mean that's the thing it's everything you need in your life you will laugh you will cry you will scream uh oh here's here's one last question i forgot to ask though um what would you read it out of five stars Oh, I read it a five star because Absolutely. I told you, I, I wasn't reading at all till I started Evelyn Hugo and I finished it like in three days, which is something very odd for me to do. So I was like, oh my gosh, I'm loving this book. I can't put it down. It's a five stars. <laughs> I know. It brought me back to life. It was everything I needed. It was perfect amount of drama, perfect amount of gossip. I just loved it. It was amazing, and that is why you should go read it. But until yes. next time, this has been the Page Master Book Review Podcast. Bye.